0: Hi! Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. You'll hear from Bob Cameron on this episode. Long-time Blue Bomber punter, will be inducted into the Ring of Honor in a couple of weeks. Great chat that we had about his career, and he's very self-deprecating about his longevity as a punter. Also, Justin Friesen, co-owner of Prairie Badminton, which is opening its doors this weekend, on why this is such a huge deal for badminton in this province. And finally, Philly and Joe from Power Mornings join me as we had a perfect power parlay last week. Can we continue the magic this week? Find out on the podcast. Winnipeg Blue Bombers today announced that Bob Cameron is the 12th inductee to the club's Ring of Honor at IG Field, a mainstay for the Bombers over a career that saw him handle the punting duties for 23 years, 394 regular season games until he retired at age 48. That game's played total, second on the CFL's all-time list, also holds the Ironman streak at 353 games, stretching from August 1980 to September 2000. And Bob joins me now on the CGOB Sports Show. Congratulations, Bob! What did you get the call from the Bombers, and how did that moment feel?
1: You know, I was pretty surprised. It was Wade Miller phoned me, and um, I know quite Wade quite well, and I really didn't know what it's to me about. And um, sure enough, he asked me. You know, he, he said, "Hey, you're going on the on the wall line." Going seriously, I I had no idea. I know I saw something in the paper a while ago. And I just brushed it off, but I mean, I, it's a huge honor and. You know, I I said before to people, you know, I've got a lot of honors I really didn't deserve, but I'll say this one is probably the the biggest I've ever uh, gotten, and um, I'm really excited about it. You know, I've played with a lot of great players and on great teams, and to be this fortunate, it's just incredible.
0: Now you've already been inducted into the Clubs Hall of Fame back in 2003, or the Nova Scotia Hall of Fame, the Canadian Football Hall of Fame, Acadia University Hall of Fame. Uh, Do you get sick of the accolades?
1: (laughs) <laughs> never I mean honestly you know people that know me know, know my history and um, it was extremely difficult for me to make any football team and you know, I tried out for eight different teams and then to finally make it and then to have it go this good is you know it's just incredible really when you try out for four years in a row until you finally make it their fourth year and then the last 23 it's just that never happens and I was extremely fortunate to be on great teams, even starting right in 1980, uh, unfortunately, the Neskimo were phenomenal and won five breakups in a row. We were right with them in a lot of those games, but um, you know, just to be part of those teams, and I, I said, you know, it, it was it was so much fun. I mean, um, playing pro sports, and you know, you're in a position where you're really not getting hit that much, and um, but you're a player on the team, and it was it was a it was just a great time. Um, enjoyed every minute of it. Loved Winnipeg and, and the fans of Winnipeg. You know, it was just a great time. Really enjoyed it.
0: So let's go back to your days at Acadia. You were a quarterback there. You won the Heck Crichton Trophy. And and I'm sure when that was going on, you were never thinking in 1977 that, you know, come 2003, you'd be retiring after over two decades as a punter.
1: Yeah, I, I never thought so. And to be honest, with we won... Um, We went to the uh, Vanier Cup twice on the teams that I played in university. And I remember we had the 25th anniversary at Acadia of the 76 team. And um, the reason I couldn't make it to the 25th anniversary was I was still playing professional football. So that was something that, um, you know, I sort of took pride in. I go, wow, how many people can say that? So, you know, I just was... uh, I had difficult times, and then to hang in there with phenomenal teams, and that's that's how you win. I, you know, I said this to so many people that, you know, once you start winning great cups, people sort of sprinkle that magic dust on you that you're a winner. You know, and a lot of games, I don't make any, you know, I don't really help the team win or help them lose. I mean, you're just a non-factor. But to be a part of these great teams and great players, uh, and then to have this happen to me is just extremely fortunate for me.
0: Now, before you were converted to a punter in the CFL, had you ever punted before?
1: Oh, absolutely. I punted in high school, and I punted in university, okay. and, and I was a quarterback punter. I did both.
0: Okay. Now, that's something that's probably a bit more of a lost art than a quarterback-punter combination these days.
1: <laughs> I would say so. I mean, listen, I, I was back in the day in the, in the 60s, and and um, and 70s was... You know, you thought you still had a chance to be a quarterback in the CFL coming out of the Canadian University with Russ Jackson, and there's lots of other guys that that made it, you know, and um, that was always my goal. I thought, geez, I'm going to show them how good a puncher I am, and then then maybe I can work my way in at quarterback, which was really a dream at at that point, but, um, you know, then I I didn't make it a quarterback, so I thought, you know what, I think I can be a puncher this week, and... um, it didn't happen for a few years. And then I, you know, it, it just uh, got lucky as as all get out. And it was um, amazing after four years. Who gets, who gets four years in an old tryout, let alone, you know, get those shots and then and then actually make it. So very lucky, like I say. The, the thing was, when you're on great teams, and, and once you get the team chemistry going, coaches don't like making changes. And, I was, and that's how fortunate I got that they – they said, well, you know, he's doing okay. We're, let's concentrate on other issues that we have with the team and and, um, and keep the punter around. And, you know, it, uh, Dave Ritchie, at the end of my career, you know, God bless him. I mean, he, he kept me on. And, you know, at that point in my career, I wasn't one of the leading punters. But um, for some reason, he, he kept me around. And, you know, we, we had great teams, too. In 2001, we went to the Grey Cup. And, you know, it was it was just great all the way through. A lot of fun, too.
0: How much did the game change from when you started in the CFL to when you retired?
1: You know, at, at the start, I mean, you know, I'm just looking at the punting aspect of it. Um, they always had two punt returners. And there was never uh, a situation where they put one guy back there. And really, it was about, I guess, about 83 or 84. Uh, BC Lions brought that in. And um, sure enough, then you had to angle the punts off. And then they could come with big punt rushes because they sent 11 guys out there, you know, one guy back. And so that changed a lot then. Then they started, teams started angling the ball to the sidelines and out of balance and all that stuff too. And then they started getting specialist punt returners because there was really no specialist punt returners because we only had 32 and 34-man rosters. So you never had a a guy that that was a great returner. It was more or less a defensive back that stepped back and returned punts. So you really didn't have to worry about them running it down your throat too hard if, if you had half decent coverage teams.
0: Now your Iron Man streak—is that something you ever think will be broken?
1: You know, I really don't think of about that. So, you know, I probably shouldn't even be mentioned in Iron Man as a punter, honestly, because really, I, and the guys would always tease me. Of course, I, I made maybe you know attempts at maybe five tackles a year. So how often am I getting hit? So the chances of me lasting and being able to last a long time are pretty good as long as you're still doing the job where every every other player out there, really, um, they're in harm's way every play play of the game. So um, I I guess it's nice to look at, but in reality, you have to put an asterisk beside that.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. So do you still keep track of the Bombers, still watch them?
1: Absolutely. I was on the board with the Bombers from uh, 2010 to 2016, and – you know, I've got season tickets, and, um, you know, my kids, we all go to the game every game that we're around, absolutely. And um, I'm a huge fan, and um, I watch them, and I, I'm very impressed with what they're doing this year. And, you know, cross your fingers, I, I, they've got every every chance to go to the Grey Cup this year and win it. I mean, I, I was on teams that we were nine and young, and we ended up winning the Grey Cup. So it's just at the end of the year, you get things falling right in your direction. You don't get injuries. Um, you can do it. And I, I think, you know, with the, the personnel we have on the team this year, the coaching staff, the management, it's all coming together. And I'm really excited. I, I think this is it. And I'm as excited as any fan. Let's put it that way.
0: And you've won rings with the Blue Bombers. You're part of their last few championship teams. So you know just as well as anybody what it feels like to win in the city, but also you were part of. The drought that still continues to this day. so, yes. you, so you know yeah, exactly what was. people are hungry for.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I get it. I understand that. In fact, when we went in '84, in they hadn't been to a Grey Cup in 22 years. Not alone losing Grey cuts. we hadn't been to a Grey Cup in 22 years. So there was huge pressure on us in '84 to come through and win that one, and um, and we did. And you know, against Hamilton tie Cats, and we beat them quite handily. So. You know, it's it's one of those things. Football is a uh, it's a one game shot. Playoffs are a one game shot. A couple bad plays go against you. It's real real tough to recover. But I, I just like the the attitude the team has this year. I, you know, like I say, I watch it closely. Michael O'Shea has done a great job. Uh, I talked to some of the guys and I know how he handles the team. Um, that's the kind of coach I'd like to play under. And and um, I just, I just think there's a really good feeling around the team this year. And, and I can see nothing but, but good things happening down the road.
0: So what's it going to be like at halftime uh, two Fridays from now when you're going to be getting that ring of honor inductee?
1: (laughs) That's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be pretty exciting to be honest with you. I mean, to be on the field again at halftime in front of the fans and, you know, my family on the field as well. Um, you know, this is the last uh, thing that I'll probably ever um, have in connection with the, with the football team. And then to look up and see those people on the on the wall in front of me. I mean, uh, I guess, you know, you look at it, I, I printed the football. I'm really not worthy of being up there with these absolute luminaries. That's how I look at it. And I, at the same time, I couldn't be happier. I'm really uh, excited about it.
0: And you're humbled, too. That's awesome, Bob. I appreciate your Bye. time tonight, and we'll uh, see you in a couple weeks when on your big night.
1: Okay, thanks,
0: Christian. That is Bob Cameron. Long time, long time punter for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Has faith this could be the year that the Bombers end the 29-year drought. Again, he will be inducted into the Ring of Honor two weeks from tonight, Friday, September 27th, when the team hosts the Hamilton Tiger Cats. <laughs> Prairie Badminton, Manitoba's only dedicated badminton facility with nine professional courts celebrating its grand opening today and tomorrow. And I'm joined by one of the co-owners, Justin Friesen. Justin, how are you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me.
0: So, Justin, tell me more about Prairie Badminton and why a kind of dedicated facility was needed in this province.
2: Uh, Badminton's, like like many sports, I think uh, has been picking up in the province for the last little while and we are trying to do our part to make the sport grow in a, like a recreational level and also trying to get more people interested in the, in that competitive aspect and, and taking it out of the the backyard a little bit more and, and bringing it into competitive on a national scene and uh, internationally as well. So
0: having a dedicated facility then elevates the sport?
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like to, to be able to play badminton, it's been pretty difficult in the most, for the most part. So People have been that that have been playing and playing competitively have been pretty dedicated in finding little little areas to play. Um, so it's nice to have a place to call home now when you want to go play badminton and you think of it on a Tuesday, you can go and play on a Tuesday. And you don't have to worry if if that gym's open or if that's canceled or anything like that. We're just open all the time. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been very convenient and it's been nice to see the the community kind of back us and, and come in and play as much as they have been so far. So. So yeah. if we
0: rewind just a bit, what was the previous status quo if you wanted to play Badminton in Winnipeg, where would you go?
2: Uh it's it's uh just those little school gyms on a Tuesday night from eight to ten, whenever you can kind of sneak in there around the basketball and the volleyball that have all the all the gyms booked up. So it's gym space for all sports is at a premium. So it's it's very difficult for, for those niche sports to to find their little, little space in, in courts and in school gyms. And they're getting more difficult to, to get into because all the sports and all of the different activities tend to be competing for that, that limited gym space. So, yeah.
0: So when did the decision come to start looking at having a primary dedicated facility for badminton?
2: Uh, My, my business partner, Ryan and I kind of started looking at this about four years ago uh, at this point. So we tried started like crunching the numbers and and going through it and and trying to see if this was a reality It this this idea isn't a our our idea necessarily it's it's something that's been going around all over canada like in toronto and vancouver and other cities they might have eight of these same clubs all within like a a small area so we're just kind of taking that idea and adapting it to a, a winnipeg market
0: so where is prairie badminton located
2: uh, we're we're in Saint Boniface Industrial Park. It's kind of Transcona, pretty much. This is kind of how I would call it. That's the way that makes more more sense. Uh, just off of Dougal, um, so in that little industrial space there, we have a kind of we got a warehouse and emptied it out and put in a bunch of badminton courts. So that's that's where we are uh, typically, and and most people are willing to kind of do that drive. We have a lot of people come in from outside of the city just to to play badminton because it's the same all over Manitoba, right?
0: And what celebrations do you have going on as part of your grand opening this weekend?
2: Uh, it's uh, Yeah, we're trying to make it as fun as possible. So we've got uh, some skills competitions. Uh, so testing out some different various skills for for some prizes. We've got mini donuts on site. Um, we've got an exhibition tomorrow, a bouncy castle. We've got a little tournament. Um, so, yeah, we've kind of sprayed a, a lot of different activities for people for whatever kind of is is what they're doing and uh and all day uh well tomorrow from opening at nine till till two o'clock it's free to come play and and drop in and test it out so we're hoping that free is a is a good number for people and they can make that work for their budget
0: I would agree with that now on the <laughs> the opposite of free is the most expensive racket in the world can you tell me more about this
2: yeah we have this uh special racket uh from our our equipment sponsor for the club uh, Victor rackets uh, they've they've got this Lamborghini racket, so they partnered with Lamborghinis uh, to get this beautiful six hundred dollar racket with uh, a leather grip that feels like a steering wheel and uh, all the the fancy paint job and, uh, and a really nice racket case. So for those uh, those high end badminton players, we we can meet your needs when you when you come by. But uh, yeah, I'd be a little bit scared to hit with it myself.
0: I was gonna say, would you want to play with that? It would be too pretty to wreck.
2: Yeah, well, you're definitely not going to play doubles or with anyone that you don't remotely uh, trust. So, uh, yeah, and that'd be a tough swing for me. But uh, I'm not. I'm also not the person that would have a Lamborghini. So what no. am I to say? <laughs> I drive a Dodge
0: <laughs> Neon, so I'd be picking up a cheap racket for sure. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, any big championships coming up at this facility now?
2: Yeah, we were uh, lucky enough to have uh, Badminton Canada's kind of... We've worked with Badminton Canada in the past, and... Uh, and been involved with them quite a bit, so we put in a bid to host the nationals in at the end of January in 2020, and uh, they accepted our bid and thought we sounded like we could run a really good tournament. So we'll be bringing in all of Canada's top national players into Winnipeg at the at the end of January, and uh, this this is a, a special year as well because it's an Olympic year, 2020 in in Tokyo. So a lot of our top athletes that are getting ready for the Olympics are, are going to be here and you get to see them before you see them on that big stage. So we have like uh, Michelle Lee is a top top Canadian badminton player. Uh, she's been to two Olympics already and is right up there with, I think she's ranked ninth right now in the world. So she's looking to make that, that big show at uh, this next Olympics and she'll be at nationals. So that that'll be really exciting for people to see. People want more information about your facility? Is there a website? Yeah. Yeah. Prairie And uh, yeah, you can see all of our options there from recreational play for like drop in and court rentals. And uh, then we've also got uh, some lessons for, for youth and we're doing adult lessons as well. And then other stuff that we're doing is uh, everyone loves pickleball. Uh, So Mm -hmm. we, we have pickleball during the day from, from Monday to Friday and they can always rent a court and play, play some more pickleball. And we are getting into some table tennis as well, just to, to, change it up and offer, offer our space to, to more sports as well that are struggling to, to get gym time.
0: Well, Justin, I appreciate you taking time to talk to me tonight, congratulations on this, and uh, good luck tomorrow in the grand opening.
2: Yeah, thanks a lot, I'm in the exhibition, so I've got to start putting my money where my mouth <laughs> is there. We've been doing the power parlay for
0: nearly a year now, and last week was the second time that we've had a winning ticket. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be trusted. I'm saying we should be in a great mood right now, guys. We got the Banjo Bowl right. We had the Rams beating the uh, Panthers by field goal. Joe, I mean, the Steelers didn't show up to Foxborough, so you had the bats there.
3: I didn't think they wouldn't show up. I actually thought they'd show up, but they just don't do well against New England. That was an easy pick for me against my own team. And
0: then Philly with kind of what exemplifies why gambling is awesome and awful all at once yes Washington down by 12 they need a touchdown late to cover they get it with seven seconds left the definition of a backdoor cover
3: I think I believe someone on the team I can't tell you which player it was said let's do this for Philly <laughs> I think that was on NFL <laughs> films this past week and my
0: favorite part of it was uh, Kevin Burkhart the announcer for Fox when the touchdown went in said and I quote well that'll be important to some.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well Philly's Philly's digging
0: that. They must oh, have man. meant the
3: team Philly, but I thought they were referring to our Philly. Uh-huh.
0: Okay. Could have been me. Could have been me. So, we're going to ride that success into this week. We're going to pick one NFL game, one CFL game. Uh Bombers are off this week, so Joe, you're going to have to pick a, a non-Bomber CFL game. We'll start with that.
3: I've only had two Bomber picks wrong this year, so I'd love to keep riding them, but yes, they needed the bye week. That's fine. I love the BC Lions tonight. Ugh. At home against the... I'm telling you, this is an upset. They're plus five. Minus five. Oh, minus five. So, so BC is the favorite. BC is the favorite. Yeah, five, five and a Okay, half, yeah. I'm sorry. I had just written it down wrong. Okay. But at the end of the day, I still think the Lions are going to win at home. They I got to just...
0: <laughs> we, we could probably cut this and save it from past episodes. This has has to be the week for BC,
4: right? Yeah, yeah. They've lost yeah. seven in a row. Ottawa looks terrible. Ottawa. Ottawa's lost four. They in have a row. quarterback, so something's got to give.
3: I think Riley and those guys are going to light them up.
4: Yeah, I don't. I mean, they it's, have the best. Uh, BC's probably got the best player in this game. They got yes, Riley. So that right?
3: Yeah, I like them at home tonight.
0: All right, okay. we'll we'll go around the loop for CFL. Then we'll double back for NFL. So Philly, what do
3: you okay, got? Okay,
4: I'm going to go. The Riders are favored by six and a half at home to Montreal. Okay. Both teams that be are a pretty good game. Yeah, Montreal's mm-hmm. won three straight, but I think the Riders are smart and they were humiliated by the Bombers, mm. and they play their home. They, they love playing at home. It's a tough place to play. Combine that, looking for redemption, looking to get their swagger back. Uh, I say I say they win by a touchdown at least against a very good Montreal right. team. So I think they'll cover the six and a half.
0: And that means I've got Calgary at home, favored by six and a half over the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Right now, the Ticats, the top team in the East, they keep winning even though Jeremiah Mazzoli is hurt. But Bullyvai Mitchell is back for Calgary the last couple weeks. They've looked like the Calgary that we've known Mm -hmm. and seen win the Grey Cup, make the Grey Cup so often. I think they're obviously the top competition for Winnipeg in the West. And I think Calgary is going to roll in that game over Hamilton. They're going to send a message to the rest of the league. Hey, we're still here. We are the defending champs. You got to look out for us, and they're going to cover that six and a half.
4: Which okay. is why the Bombers need to make sure that the road to the Grey Cup comes through IG Field. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> uh-huh. you want that game in Winnipeg if they have to face Calgary. And I know sense. I'm getting ahead of myself.
0: And they have two against Calgary to end the season, so the schedule makers nailed that one. Yep. All right, to the NFL. Week two. Philly.
4: I love giant spreads that involve horrific teams against great teams. The Miami Dolphins have quit. It's, it's game one. It's we're we're going into week 2 and they have quit. They've but, all out quit. Everybody's asking to get traded. They and and, and they're going they're, they're at home, uh, which isn't really much of a home field advantage cuz the fans have quit on this team too. But they're at home against New England. They're 18 and a half point. According to PlayNow.com, the Dolphins 18 and a half point underdogs against Tom Brady and the big bad Patriots. The Patriots look friggin' amazing against Pittsburgh. They're going to win by they're going to cover the Patriots are covering that spread. They're winning by 30. This is going to be like a a 45-3 to 3 kind of game.
3: Their head coach of the Miami Dolphins is a former Pat. Mm-hmm. Is that enough to cover 18 and a half? I don't think so. Well,
0: <laughs> the former assistants, when they go up against Bill Belichick, generally lose.
3: Yes. But they
4: do all right,
0: I think. New England, if, usually in Miami, doesn't have a great record. Yeah, I think Tom Brady in Miami, that's a place where he struggles. And and 18.5 is such a big number. And normally those numbers aren't covered. But how can you go into a weekend... Rooting for Miami to do yeah, something good for you.
4: This After is like, what we saw last week. It'd be like college football, Alabama playing Kent State or something. Like, they're going to
3: cover this. Is the, the game th- on just money line? is it under a dollar for New England? I've never seen that before. I so a, I was it was about a dollar up. two, a dollar five. One oh four. Yeah, see, I figured it was for between Miami. a dollar and yeah. a buck five. That's a dollar four. <laughs> I don't think I've seen it much lower.
0: Jeez. Oh. All right, so... <laughs> Philly's got the Patriots minus 18 and a half. <laughs> I love it, Philly. That's a yeah. great pick. Joe, what do you got?
3: Well, I'm going to stick with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's the team I know the best in the National Football League. They're at home. They usually rebound back after being embarrassed, but this is no easy test. They've got the uh, Seahawks in Pittsburgh. I don't really like West teams traveling east. Okay. I think Pittsburgh covers the three and a half at home. I think uh, I think they, uh, they get their win by at least... And they've got some splaining to do. They've yeah. got to show that they've yeah. got a pulse. I mean, yeah. yeah. Or you're in big trouble if you start zero and two. I mm, think they had the yeah. stat there on Thursday night football. Twelve percent of the teams that start zero and two ever tough get into start, the playoffs.
4: Though. Tough start, like in New England, and then, and then Seattle is no slouch. That's no. a couple of tough
3: Seattle games. To Seattle only
0: beat Cincinnati by one. And the yeah. question is, is Cincinnati actually decent? Well, we'll uh, see.
3: We'll see when this they. This is the thing about weeks one hey, through like four. You're striking a chord here. The bungles. They the got bungles my... are playing the 49ers, oh, and that's Philly's team. Jimmy right? G, baby. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing?
0: Yeah. The the nature of the first few weeks of the NFL season is overreactions to certain teams doing yeah. well, and maybe yeah. undervaluing some of what other teams do. So interesting to see how Vegas sets some numbers. There's a not a lot of games where you look at the number and say, "I'm I'm not touching that one." Mm-hmm. But. I'm going to go with the L.A. Chargers in Detroit. The Chargers last year went 12-4. and The Lions are the Detroit Lions. Yeah. And the Chargers are only favored by 2.5 in Detroit. Now, I know that you don't like, Joe, the West teams heading East.
3: Well, not always, but, but usually.
4: Detroit... I think Detroit's a little better this year than some game. Like, they were pretty...
3: They coughed it up last they should week. Have they blown, they should have blown zone out last week. They do week. that.
4: Now, the Chargers
0: thing with the Chargers is, when we think they're going to be good, they're bad, and uh-huh. when we don't have expectations, they're good. Yeah, yeah. So, the Chargers will probably go into Detroit and lose, like, 30 to 20, and <laughs> I'll feel like an
4: idiot, but... No, it's not a big enough game for them to choke. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's true. The Chargers...
3: That's, I mean, the odds makers are teasing us to play the yeah. Chargers at two and a half yeah. for mm. sure. But so I'll take it. Yeah. I don't like that game myself personally, but tease accepted, eh, Christian? So we're going with three favorites.
0: Yeah, in the NFL. Yep. Yeah, one a little bit more outrageous than the others, but let's hopefully we can come back and share in our wealth again next week. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from seven to nine with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?